my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am super excited to be here today with Sierra Frost. How are you, Sierra? I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here chatting with you. How are you? I am so happy to have you here chatting. Um, Sierra, you know, I, I, I say this a lot and, um, and I, I, I swear, I wonder whether people are like, why do you keep saying that? But it's true. Right. I mean, I, I just, Sierra was one of my favorites, uh, when, uh, when she was here at Cal Poly, she's a 2017 graduate of our program. And she is currently, the manager of volunteer and workforce for Tough Mudder. Um, yeah. So that is super fun and super exciting. What a great company. And um, for those who don't know about Tough Mudder, we're going to get into the mud and and, um, and figure out what Tough Mudder is um, uh, eventually. But let's go back first. Sierra, tell us where you're from. So I am originally from Folsom, California, up north near Sacramento. I lived there my whole life, and that's actually where my dad grew up too. So yeah, long yeah. line of Folsom family there. And right then I'm here to go to Cal Poly, and I've been here ever since. I think that's like ten years now. I love it. I love it. So Folsom, you know, I'm a I'm a Johnny Cash fan. So whenever someone says. Folsom. I'm like, oh, I love Folsom. And I'm like, wait a second. What I love, what I love Folsom. Yeah. Oh yeah. Johnny Cash. Uh- <laughs> so my dad actually worked at Folsom prison. No way. So I hear that all the time. People are like, oh, like Johnny Cash. And I'm like, yep, that's where my dad worked. Folsom nice. Prison. nice. That's awesome. That's really cool. So, uh, so tell us, so your dad worked at the prison. What else, what else did he do growing, uh, growing up? What did your mom and dad do? So my dad was a correctional officer. Um, yeah. He he was a Marine and then went straight into correctional officer. The, so that's what I knew him as growing up. And now he doesn't do that anymore. He got injured, retired, and now he does real estate. Oh, cool. And my mom, she's a court reporter. And she oh. has done that my entire life. She will keep doing that. She is killing it. I love it. So, it's, so court reporter, that's not the stenographer, right? It is the stenographer. Yes, it is the correct. stenographer. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So she does all the typing. When I was younger in school, she would, I would write all my essays and then she would type them for me. No way. <laughs> I love it. At it mom. <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> well, well tell, tell her that I, I have such great re- respect for stenographers or court reporters because um, I remember my mom telling me when I was young, you know, I, I I wasn't a full digital native, you know, back when I was going in school, you know, typing was people were like, my mom was like, you have got to take typing. And I was like, no, I'm not taking typing. And it's my biggest regret that I never took typing. I mean, because if I could type like your mom, I would have saved myself a lot of time. I know. Same. I I think sometimes, wow, maybe I should have typed my essays when I was a kid because Uh it is truly, yeah, it is so difficult sometimes. Right. Exactly. Tell me about uh, any any siblings. Yeah. So I have a little brother, Connor. He's four years younger than me. So we never got to have school together growing up. Right. But he actually came to Cal Poly after me. He did. 
Yeah. So oh, I was oh, still living good. here and then he came to Cal Poly and we've always been really close, but we got really close during that time because awesome. we could kind of, we were both adults. We kind of have the same friends. We could do the same things. And oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So he, what did he major in? He majored in liberal studies or oh, liberal cool. studies. That's teaching. I think if that's teaching, yeah. that's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's a teacher now mm-hmm. and he teaches photography at our old high school. Oh, no way. That is so cool. Yeah. I love it. I love it. That is awesome. So talk, let's talk a little bit about young Sierra growing up. What, what were you into? What was your jam? I, I'm pretty much young Sierra was like, I am now, which is just all over the place. Okay. Like I was involved <laughs> in everything <laughs> always. Yeah. So when I was young and then through high school, I was a cheerleader and in middle school and high school, when you can start getting involved in different things, I just found whatever interested in me. So I did band for a little bit and I definitely wasn't an athlete besides cheerleading, but I did different clubs like key club, community service things and student government. Love it. So I just, yeah, I've always loved to just keep myself as busy as possible, have my hand in everything, making all sorts of friends. Right. And in student government, I've come to realize that that is a, that's a a pathway towards uh, special events and, and, uh, and being down with uh, planning events and that sort of thing. What about, um, what about Cal Poly? Was there a Cal Poly connection? What led you, uh, what led you down South? So honestly, I really didn't know what I was going to do when it came to college. Right. There of my parents went to college. Like I said, my dad went to the Marines. My mom went to a trade school. So I didn't have much direction in that sense. It was just right. like, you're going to go to college. So I was kind of left to my own devices to figure out what figure that it out. Was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we had a, we had a uh, class in high school. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like a college prep class. And we had to do a bunch of research on different colleges. And I came across Cal Poly. I was like, oh, this looks kind of cool. And at that point, I think I decided that I wanted to go into journalism. Mm -hmm. I loved to write. I loved English. And I thought that equated to journalism. So I was like, okay, let's look at schools that have good journalism departments. Mm -hmm. And Cal Poly did. Yeah. So I came down here with my family. We visited. We did the whole college road trip thing, finding all yeah. the schools. Yeah. And when I got accepted to Cal Poly, I got accepted to a couple other schools, but I was like, you just can't beat it. You yeah. can't beat the location. It's such a good school. So I came here and I originally came here for journalism. Nice. And then transferred what year? My freshman year. Your so- freshman year. You so. So when did you realize and how did you, how did you run into, you you ran into some wreckies along the way, I assume. Yeah. So journalism was not at all what I thought it was going to be. And I, I mean, a bit of a grind, a bit of a grind. Yeah. 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 And everyone struggles freshman year. I, I know now, but I was just having a hard time freshman year. And I honestly did not want to stay at Cal Poly. And my freshman year roommate was Caitlin Ozine, who's also Parks and Rec. Okay. Shout out, Caitlin. Shout out to Caitlin. I've known her my whole entire life. Love it. And I was just, you know, sharing my struggles with her. Yeah. And she said, you know what? First of all, no, you can't leave me. You're not leaving me here at Cal Poly by myself. Right. 
And two, come with me to this auction and dinner that my major's putting on. I'm volunteering. Just come meet people, see what you think about it. Yeah. So I went and I volunteered with her at the auction and dinner and I just fell in love. I was like, these are my people. So I went back to school that next week and, or I think I went home for Christmas break or something, something, there was a break and I thought about it and I came back and I was like, I'm going to do what I need to do to switch my major. Nice. And And you went in and uh, sought out Dr. Hendricks and uh, he was welcoming and um, that's awesome. So, so shout out to Caitlin, but I also, I want to give you a, a, a shout out here because you know, you you don't know who you might help with 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 what you just said. You know, because um, we do have a lot of freshmen who who listen to this, right? And um, you know, I I think it's just so valuable to to be to show that vulnerability and and to speak that vulnerability. And I think too often we keep it inside and don't realize that there's a, you know that that and others don't realize that, that there's others hurting right or, or trying to find their way and so i really appreciate you sharing that and that speaks to just who you are um also so so thanks there so now let's talk about you got the world opened up to you with um with with rpta and and now experience industry management tell me about um uh, two things. So let's start with, um, is there a, is there a big memory, right? Like a, a memory that you're like, oh, wow, I'll never forget that um, from your time at Cal Poly. And then we'll follow that up with professional development. And um, yeah, totally. So I have two different things that come to mind, two very different things. One has absolutely nothing to do with my professional development, right? but I, my freshman year, they put on i think like asi student body put Mm -hmm. on this giant concert in the rec center it was a steve aoki concert so it's this dj oh yeah i remember that because i didn't know who that was and then um i remember students tell i think you guys told me who who that was and i was like oh wow that sounds big yeah and i had never been to anything like that in my life and Mm -hmm. i just remember going and i had the time of my life and being like oh, wow. Like this is college. <laughs> like this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> that is probably one of my nice. favorite memories that stands out to me from my time at Cal Poly. There's so many, I but that. that's kind of one of the funnier ones. Yeah. But the other one is from, um, I keep saying RPTA because that's what it was. Yeah, when I was yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and then still, it's still the major RPTA oh, is still the major, right. But the, the department's EIM. So yes. yeah. So, um, I think it was what, I think I was a junior and I took a class with Dr. Schwab, the sustainability class, um, sustainability in the Dominican Republic. Oh, right. You are a Dominican gal. That's right. That's awesome. And that was just like, so eye-opening, super life-changing that, that was at a time when I was super big into traveling and that is definitely one of my favorite memories from my time at Cal Poly that going to that right country on. was so beautiful. Right on. And you've been on, on the brochures ever since, cause you've got to <laughs> yeah. be in that picture from the, uh, where you guys had the, uh, selfie stick hanging yes. out of the, uh, going through the air Yeah, in the little, I don't even, I can't even think of what it's called right now, but yeah, that the was gondola. Yeah. The gondola. Yeah. 
Yeah. Who would have known that we would have made it on every Cal Poly RBTA marketing material after that? Oh, man, that's an <laughs> iconic photo. We'll be using that for like the next 50 years here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a really, really awesome experience. And it was a Love group it. of all women. And it was just this very like empowering thing yeah. to go do in this incredibly foreign country to us. And yeah. it was awesome. Awesome. And, you know, we're... um. Some current students might be like, why aren't you doing that now? Well, you know, the pandemic and everything yeah. else, like we're, we're, we're definitely trying to bring um, that back. Um, you know, Dr. Schwab kind of followed um, Dr. Jacobs, who had been the previous professor who was um, doing trips like that. And, um, but then they just, they made it much harder to get those approved. <laughs> yeah, I can only we used to be, we, yeah, we used to marvel at Dr. Jacobs would take, um, students every year on a spring break trip. And, um, and I remember just marveling and going, how did he pull that off? And then I remember Dr. Hendricks going, yeah, he kind of got grandfathered in so that they just let him keep doing it. Um, <laughs> but uh, that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. there were—I remember there were times when we were like, "Is this going to happen? Right? Are, are we going to be able to go on it?" So it was hectic, but she pulled it off, and it was awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, shout out Dr. Schwab. Also, that's great. And um, so, so now let's talk about um, your internship, right? So our, our current students love hearing about internships and and what you did and how you got it and all of that. And so, let's get into that that professional development um, uh, uh, mode, if you will, like. What did you do with your internship? What kind of led into it? Um, how did you find out about it? All those sorts of things. Yeah, totally. So I was kind of lucky. I was the one, I was one of the ones that already had an in there. Yeah. And then a job that I already had led into it. So I did my internship with Field to Table Catering, which I they hire a lot of RPTA students now. Yeah. Um so I, my sophomore year of college just needed a job. So okay. I went on Mustang jobs and I saw that they were looking for catering servers and I applied, got the job uh-huh. and was working there for two years. Must have been because I was graduating uh-huh. and I just kind of was slowly working my way up through there. I was a server. And then pretty soon they were like, oh, like you're into this kind of stuff. Do you want to manage the events? Yeah. So then I started managing the events. And then by that time I was needing an internship. So I said, Hey guys, like I would really love to do this with you. Mm -hmm. And they said, sure. Come, you can come work in the office for your internship. So then that's where I learned the back end of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, I had no idea about. It's so different working front end and back end, but I was super grateful for that. And then my internship turned into me working there full-time for five years. Right on. And, yeah. and Sierra w- was one of those who, who, like a lot of our students, like wildflowers, slow blues, field to table, like, you know, got involved. And I, I think it's a, a really valuable lesson also those Sierra to, to, to realize that when you're working, you know, when you're, when you're in our field, um, it's like almost every single organization on the planet pretty much is in our field in one way, shape or form. Right. And so if you, when you start working anywhere, letting them know that you have the skills, right. To, 
to be able to step up and 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 show them that you want to step up, right? I remember I remember the story. Uh, you've probably heard me podcasts. Uh, listeners have probably heard me tell this story before, but I had a student once in sport management who was like, "Well, I can't find anything in sport man in sport," and I was like, "Oh, really? Okay, where where do you work?" And he was like, "Dicks," and I was like, "Dicks Sporting Goods," and he was like, "Yeah." And I was like, um, that's sport management. And he's like, well, yeah, but I'm just a clerk. And I'm like, well, yeah, okay. Have you told your manager that you are sport management? And did you like to help with sport marketing? You know, like stuff like that. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I never thought about that. Right. So you got to step up. You got to show them that you're not just trying to be a server. <laughs> you want exactly. to be more. You you really have to make your own opportunities sometimes. Yeah. Build the table didn't necessarily have a specific internship position. Right. I just went and said, Hey, I love working here. I'm gonna need to do a full-time internship. So I either stay here and do it or I leave. And they're like, Yeah, stay here and do it. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. and build that experience. So you ended up going on and getting a full-time job with them, right? Um, yeah. Moving out of, out of school, right? Yes. So I was there a total of five years with them. Yeah. Um, I think- Helped build the company pretty much, right? <laughs> yeah, I really did. Yeah. yeah. When I when I started, it was um, the owner and Jill um, Kutzier, who is an RPT. I'm giving so many shout outs today. There you go. Major. <laughs> yeah. um, she had the same track getting an internship with them and really just a couple of people, a couple of chefs, and it was very small. Mm-hmm. And we probably had, there was someone else that was doing all of the staffing mm-hmm. and we maybe had like 20 ish servers to work with. And by the time I was out of there, I had built a roster of over a hundred servers. Oh, wow. For all of our events. We were doing four events in one weekend, four weddings in a weekend. No way. That is awesome. Yeah. So, so Sierra stepped up and became an event producer, was hired full time. And um, so that must've been wild. I mean, I remember seeing you uh, periodically over the last uh, few years and um, at an event here or an event there and right. And uh, there was a Cal Poly, I think Field to Table has a Cal Poly contract, right? Yeah, they do. So they do a lot of Cal Poly events. And especially in slow, it's just such a small community already. I did so much networking through my years with field to table. I bet you did. Yeah. I bet you did. That's awesome. It is. It is awesome. Getting into a position like that, where it does the networking work for you almost. (laughs) Right, 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 right. So let's talk about, um, let's talk about moving out of field to table, you know? So I, I think, um, you you tried your hand a little bit in real estate, and then you were working with um, with with GreenGate. So, and obviously in there is this uh, wild, wacky thing called a global pandemic. And yeah. so, um, I imagine that was a a difficult time over that time period. So, what was that like? Yeah, that was. That whole time, regardless of COVID even happening, was such a wild transition in my life, a very like uneasy time of just not knowing what I was going to do from there. Right. And so I left Field to Table, I believe it was the end of 2019. 
Mm-hmm. And I truly did not know where I was going to go from there. I just felt like I had learned, I learned so much at Field the Table. And I was like, okay, I feel like I'm kind of capped out here. Right. Like I've, I've kept moving up. I've learned so much. It's mm-hmm. time to move on and learn something different. Right. So I left there not really knowing what I was going to do. And I usually took like a winter break because event season, you can kind of do that. Yeah. And I would go right. home for a while for the holidays and just recoup with my family. Right. So it's the perfect time to leave, go think about what I want to do. Yeah. Like I said, my dad's in real estate. So he encouraged me to get my real estate license. Uh-huh. I did. I got it. Um, I did a couple things with it. I sold a house. I shadowed people. Yeah. And I was just like, this is not my thing. Yeah. It's, it's not, not everybody's thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. It's not everybody's thing. Yeah. I, I don't love it. And that was, that was a bit of a struggle, you know, feeling like yeah. you set out to do this thing and then it's not what you thought. Yeah. But, but it all worked out for the best. There you go. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And that's important to remember. I think exactly. that Sierra, you, you're, you're teaching so many lessons there with your story. I mean, this important to remember. I mean, yeah. I mean, there are people who kill it in real estate and it is definitely their jam and their gig and they love it. But yeah, I don't think I would be very good at it. I mean, and and I think you're probably would be good at it, but I don't, it's not everybody's jam, right? (laughs) You have to have like a real passion for it. Yeah, It's a lot of work and I love me some hard work, but I just, my heart was not in it. Right. So it worked out because not long after I actually got two phone calls and this just goes to show the power of networking and showing not telling the kind of worker that you are. Yeah. Because I got a call from Greengate Ranch. And at the same time, which this is not on my LinkedIn, and I just realized that it's not there. Yeah. But um, also another event company called Hot Sugar Co. Oh. Yeah. So I got, I knew both of um, the Greengate Ranch manager and then the owner of Hot Sugar Co. They both called me and said, hey, I need help and I want you to come work for me. Nice. So with Greengate, I went there and I was um, helping manage the venue. I was there. I was basically doing both jobs part-time at the mm. same time, mm. which is often how things go in the events industry. A lot of people yeah, right. kind of have their hands in multiple things. <laughs> yeah. especially you got to wear, wear some hats. <laughs> where it's very expensive to live. Yeah. You have to, you have to mix and match a little bit. That's right. So I was managing weddings at Green Gate. I loved it. I on the weekends, I was there almost every weekend. Yeah. From start to finish for the weddings. Yeah. And then with Hot Sugar, it was interesting because she was just really getting her company going and off the ground. And she said, uh-huh. I want you to come help me build it. Uh-huh. So that was a really great experience for me. I started hiring staff. She had no staff. I hired interns. I hired an RPTA intern. Yeah. Right on. Um to work for me. And we really just built that company. And she, Savannah, the owner, she had an amazing basis already, but we just tried to expand it. And I think we did a really great job at it. Awesome. Yeah. And so um, they actually ended up moving away and I decided that I wanted to just focus on Greengate. So that's kind of how we split off there. Okay. And I spent a little bit longer at Greengate. Uh And just after conversations with my boss and just a lot of thinking, I said, I think I'm done with weddings. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done with weddings. Right. Right. Well, it's gotta be hard as a 20 something to give up every 
one of your weekends. Exactly. Yeah. And being far away from my family, I was missing out on a lot. And I definitely understand being in events, you're going to, weekends are your work. And I totally get that. Of course. course, Yeah. But I didn't find myself as passionate about weddings as Mm -hmm. I was. I was always going back to sports in my head. Mm -hmm. That was always where I ultimately wanted to be. Right. I said, if I'm going to be giving up my weekends, I want it to be doing something that I love. Right. Right. So I decided to make that jump and it was super scary because the last seven years of my life has been all weddings all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But I just started looking out there and it worked out for me. (laughs) I love it. So tell us, um, tell us how you, I I love you. You're actually the first one that I've seen this with, but I, um, I I think it's just something that LinkedIn has integrated. Right. And, um, but, but it says LinkedIn helped me get this job. Right. So, um, so tell me about, um, about tell or tell us about how you got the job with Tough Mudder. And for those who are not familiar, uh, tell us what Tough Mudder does too. So Tough Mudder is an endurance series. It's basically a muddy obstacle course. Right. And it's it's different from normal races because it's not technically a race. It's a run. We're not not timing you. The focus of our runs are teamwork and community. Yeah. Then it's right. Yes. So we go all around the country and put on Tough Mudders. And I, I knew what Tough Mudder was. I wasn't like super involved in it or anything, but I just, I'd done like a knockoff version of one when I was a kid and I was like, oh, yeah. this is cool. Yeah. But I did have experience with Wildflower and some other races. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, I know I like this environment. Yeah. Um. So I came across it. I was just looking on LinkedIn a lot, not with the intention of I need a new job right now, but just checking it out, seeing what yeah. was out there. Smart. And I came across the Tough Mudder page and they they had a position opening for, I think it was an event producer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, cool. Like right up my alley. I love this. I've heard that name before. Yeah. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. So I applied. I applied. A couple of weeks go by, I don't hear anything. And I'm like, okay, well, that kind of sucks. But I go on their website and I see that they have more positions. So I just start applying. I just applied to like five different positions on there because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is actually like a dream job. Right. It was remote. It has travel. It was good pay. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. So I get a call one day from my now manager and she's like, Hey, like, we'd really love to interview you. Like we really liked your resume, all this stuff. I'm like, great. What position was this for? <laughs> like, ah. I, I do a lot of them. <laughs> right, right. And so she explains to me the volunteer manager position. And I was right. like, oh, this is actually right up my alley. Right up my alley. Yeah. Because at Field of Table, I was the staffing manager. Exactly. Yeah. And that's I what I was thinking when I read yeah. that. Yeah. I didn't really put two and two together until she explained it further to me. And I was like, oh, this is perfect for me. Yeah. So I went through a couple rounds of interviews, which was also interesting because again, the power of networking, that was my first time going through an interview process really in seven years. Right. Right. Because other people had come to me and asked me. Right. So I was like, this is new. Uh Uh-huh. And you have such a good 
personality. You <laughs> you obviously nailed it. <laughs> they say I did a good job. They wanted yeah. to hire me. Yeah, there you go. And so well, we know how this story ends. <laughs> yeah. So I think it was three or four interview rounds later. Yeah. I got three hired. or four. Yeah. Oh, wow. Intense. Grueling, man. You made up for it in just that one, huh? <laughs> yeah. So they, yeah, because it was like my manager and then someone from a different department and then the operations manager and they want everyone to meet you. And now I see why, because it's a very tight knit community. And when you're out at events, you're spending a lot of time together and you want to make sure people are getting along and that everyone's got good personalities. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're really focused on like the personalities of the people they hire as well as their skills. Right. And yeah, so they hired me and I was super excited. And now I've been here for four months and I am loving it. I love it. And so, so tell me now you're, so you're, you're virtual. Um, so how do you, how do you manage that? Are you doing like a bunch of interviews over zoom, um, recruiting people, connecting with people in different areas where you guys are doing the mutters? Like, how does all that, how does all that work? Explain to us like what you do on a daily basis. Totally. So I think I say that I got like the best gig around because I am working remotely on East Coast hours. Ah. So I work 6 to 2 p.m. I yeah. mean, I do work over that sometimes, but right. But on a, a typical day, 6 to 2 p.m., and then I have the rest of my day. Mm. Some days I get to 5 o'clock and I forget that I work that day. Yeah. So it is such a sweet gig. I love it. Awesome. So a normal day, wake up, get going at 7.30 every day for me, we have a department meetings every single day, except for Fridays, they give us no meeting Fridays, which is super nice. Yeah. And I just meet with my team, go over updates from the day before. If anyone needs anything from me, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And some, some days I really do have meetings all day long. Cause I'm doing one-on-ones and I'm doing mm-hmm. with my direct reports, my manager, various people in the company. Yeah. Um, but it just depends on the day for what I'm working on. So I do social media. I do the volunteer. We have like a Tough Mudder Instagram and Facebook, and then we have a volunteer one so uh, that our volunteers can follow that and get updates and yeah. stuff like that. And so I, I work on that, but also I just want to rewind a little bit. Our volunteers are the most diehard people I've ever met. So uh-huh. they are following these Instagrams and Facebooks and stuff like religiously. Uh-huh. You think sports fans you think you love the tar heels these people love tough mutter oh that is so cool they travel all over the country going to them oh the volunteers do yeah not all of them so like we have to do a lot of recruiting still but we have volunteers that are at like every event and we have ambassadors which Mm -hmm. are basically people that love tough mutter so much they came from volunteers and now they represent our brand everywhere. They right will have tattoos of Tough Mudder. It is wild. That is awesome. That was the most shocking thing when I got into it. I was like, I wow. bet. I bet. Yeah. Cause wow. I, I had no, I had no idea. <laughs> that was really yeah. cool. Tell it, us, tell us about, um, so in an average weekend, like how many Tough Mudders are going on around the world? So in, so we here in, our country. We just do one 
a weekend or every two weekends or whatever. But we also okay. have the UK and okay. they do Tough Mudders. Okay. So it's like Tough Mudder UK. Is that a whole different staff? It is, but we work together. Like I okay. have um, meetings every week with the, the UK volunteer department. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Um, but they but they run their own events. As you get higher up in the staff, then they're more overarching of both UK and US. Got you. Got you. And we also, um, now, a year or two ago, Spartan bought us. Ah, so we ah. are technically Spartan race as well. I was going to ask you, was it, isn't there a rival? Um, but Spartan bought yeah, Tough Mudder so, and just kept it as Tough Mudder? Yeah. So we're kind of like sister companies now. Are they, they, they're still running Spartans too? Yes. Yeah. So we, so I also work with the Spartan team. I also have ah. meetings with them as well. Ah. So, so, so is there a Spartan race and a Tough Mudder race going on every, almost every weekend? Tough Mudders almost every weekend. I think. We have about 30 Tough Mudder races right now. Spartan has over 100. Oh. They are, they're much bigger than we are. Oh, gotcha. So moving forward, we're going to be integrating a lot with them. I and you. I'll be working Spartan races as well, recruiting for Spartan. Oh, but we're cool. still in this weird, awkward phase of merging the two. Got you. Got so you. We're trying. Yeah, we're trying to. What's the difference? Out. Is there any difference? Is Spartan like more hardcore, or whereas yeah. Tough Mudder is more recreational? Spartan's definitely more hardcore. Okay. They everything is timed. It's definitely a distinct competition. Okay. And they have different types of events. They have some. You'll think this is cool. They yeah. have some that are in stadiums, like football stadiums. They'll have it. They have one in AT and T Stadium. I'm oh. trying to go to that next year. Oh wow, that is yeah. cool. So they have that as a whole series uh-huh. and then they have their regular like outdoor ones. Uh-huh. Um, they have really long ones, sprint ones. So theirs is much more in depth Got you. Um, than ours. Ours is a little bit more lighthearted and fun right. loving. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. More team building. Like you said, I like that. I exactly. Like that. It's really focused on helping each other through the obstacles, just finishing finishing the race. So, right. So that's most of what I'm doing is recruiting for those uh-huh. because really volunteers are the backbone behind the events. We right. need them in order to make them run exactly. to make the events run. Um, and so if you volunteer with us, you get a free race, a free run. Ah, okay. So that's kind of like the big perk. So a lot of people, oh, so that's that are, one of the ways you get people coming all yeah. around the country. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, that was going to be one of the things that I wanted to ask you, Sierra, because we've heard from a lot of our um, community and corporate partners um, that they're struggling to find staff, whether it be volunteer entry level, whatever it might be, there's, there's been issues, right. And, yeah. and we, um, you know, I remember Dr. Hendricks saying like a long time ago, like, doesn't matter what we do or what we recruit for, our students come. They're there. They're they're like, we don't ever have problems with people showing up, right, for things. And um, we like coming out of the pandemic, we've struggled with that. And so we're kind of trying to figure out right now, like, what's going on? Is it is it that um 
there's just so many opportunities that they're all so busy doing thing other things. Is it that they don't have to work? Is it that they're not volunteering? What is it? You know. So wow. I guess I would ask you, as someone who is recruiting large numbers of of volunteer and workforce, like what what are you seeing out there? Boots on the ground. It is difficult. Muddy it, boots on the ground. Yeah, very muddy boots. Yeah. So. Every, everyone is seeing this, regardless if you're trying to hire staff or volunteers. It is really difficult right now. Right. And I kind of have a little bit of a hot take on this. Okay. Because, hot take me. Because people, I keep everyone saying, oh, people just don't want to work. People just don't want to work. Yeah. And I disagree with that. I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it either. And it, it irks me when people say that because I me don't too. think that's what it is. Yeah, me too. Because it kind of points to your generation as like entitled. And I'm like, don't give me that. I don't, uh, I just, uh, I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep us from getting the E beside our name and I'll, I'll not say BS, but it just, it's just BS. You know, (laughs) it's like, it's something else besides that. And (laughs) what I think it is coming out of the pandemic, I think it's a mix of coming out of the pandemic and my generation and the generation under me is that people are just being more intentional with the way they spend their time. Yeah. I think people were cooped up for so long and instead of not wanting to work, they just want to spend their time on things that seem valuable to them. Mm -hmm. Whereas before they might've gone out and volunteered for something because they needed the hours or something like that. And now they might be still volunteering, but doing something completely different because it is more valuable to them. It's more fun. It's what they're going to be able to spend quality time with their friends doing whatever the reason is. Right. I think they're just choosing to do different things. Yeah, I do too. I think there's so many opportunities like that. And then you add on the fact, like I've had just in my office within the last two years, I've had like five different students come in and ask me about their resume. And I've realized that they're like running their own like massive social media companies, right? Like I had a student, a sport management student. He was like, well, I'm just trying to figure out what I need to do here. And he like handed me his resume and he has like 250, wait, wait a second, 250,000 followers on like one of the platforms. I can't remember which one it was. And I was like, is that a typo? And he was like, no. And I go, um, you need to build this, whatever this is. (laughs) You don't need to be coming to me asking me how you can get a job with a professional team. You need to figure out how to build this follower base. Right. And and then, and so many, like I've had, I had, um, I had a student in my office, um, uh, I guess a year and a half ago, who basically, I can't really get into too much of it because she would be mad at me, but she's basically running, I won't say anything, I won't be able to give it away, but she's running a company that um, where she can't let them know that she's a female because it's like a male-dominated field, but she's like, basically, she and this other person are running this whole thing, right? And I'm like, wow. And she's like, yeah. So that's the type of stuff. Like, I feel like, like, we didn't have that 10 years ago, right? And so there's all these outlets where you're able to do creative things. And so that's taking away a portion of of the work and volunteer force. Yeah. So many people are just working for themselves. They're creating their own companies. Social media is 
so ridiculous the amount of opportunity there is that they they don't need to go work at Target or whatever they're doing. You know, they can go work for themselves. Right. Right. So that it is, it's just an, it's an issue. Not that they don't want to work. It's just what they want to do with their time. Right, 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 right. So we have to be more creative. Uh, and, uh, so I love it. So Thank you, Sierra, so much for um for for spending some time with us today. This has been so much fun. We're gonna leave with this um this last one that I've been trying to work in, and that that is, um, if you could give young Sierra any advice, you know, junior or senior Sierra, what advice would you give? Yes, I think I would definitely encourage myself to not take things so personally. Ah, um, learn to take constructive criticism a bit better mm. because now being a manager, I see all the constructive criticism I give is to, to help. Yeah. I want to make people succeed. Yeah. And looking back, I would get so down on myself mm. and always feel like I wasn't doing a good job. If someone yeah. said, Oh, you should do this a different way. Yeah. And now I'm like, they were just trying to make me better. Yeah. So I would definitely encourage my younger self and other people to yeah. not see criticism or even failure, like not seeing something through yeah. yeah, as a bad thing. Just, yeah, it's only to help you. Love it. Love it. You've dropped uh, so many gems on us today. Thank uh, you so yeah. much. Um, you know how much I think of you and it's so great to, so great to get to hear your voice and see you and, and, and catch up and um, just so excited for your success and so excited that you were happy and, and, um, and crushing it with Tough Mudder. Keep Thank going. Um, stay in touch. Don't, don't hesitate to reach out yeah. um, if you need anything. And um Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Awesome. See ya. Bye.